Today's reading comes from Acts 3, verse 11 to 26, which is on page 1095 of the Church Bibles. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by, your, by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophet and of the covenant God made, through, made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you away from your wicked ways. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much, um, Noah. Do keep that open in front of you. Should we just take a moment to, to pray, shall we? Let's um, pray. We are witnesses of these things. We are witnesses. Father, we, we come before you and pray that um, you'll help us in our witness of you. We pray that you'll help us to understand um, what your word is telling, to, telling us about speaking of you. Um, please refresh us, we pray, this evening. And uh, lead us in your ways. By your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, it seems to me that the opportunity to speak of Jesus um, is very great. Um, I don't know what your, your feeling is. I think it's, it's a, a, there's lots of opportunity at the moment. We, and not least because of the situation we see around us. We have um, 
been through the greatest upheavals probably since World War II through the, the pandemic. People are asking big questions. People are, are um, trying to work out life. And um, then there's, of course, the situation we see in Europe with everything that's going on around us, uh, that, that the effects of that, that war. People are asking big questions about good and evil and about justice. And finally is the great concern as we've been praying in our nation around um, the the um, cost of living crisis and, and energy prices and food prices and inflation and all that and questions that people have seem to be coming to the fore. And so the, I suppose the question for us as the Christian church, if we're a believer here um, tonight, a follower of Jesus, is do we have any words of assurance to share? What, what words of assurance do we have to a world that is frightened, a world that is anxious? What words of comfort do, do we have? And I think we have a, a, a wonderful opportunity, a great opportunity um, to speak into this um, if we're prepared to be unashamed in speaking the good news of Jesus, that he is the crucified and risen saviour, that he is the one who forgives sins, that he is the one that gives a fresh start and transforms our life, who gives new life when we call on him. He is that person, and so we need to speak. Um, And we need to speak not just because um, the Great Commission commands us to go. Um, We need to do it because we're actually following in the way of Jesus himself. We're following in his way. We're disciples, so we're following in his, his way. Um, who himself came to speak. It might seem like a very obvious point, but he himself came to speak. And the passage tells us that um, because Jesus came as a prophet. If you look down with me at verse 22, it says that for Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people you must listen to everything he tells you and Peter here is quoting Moses referring here saying that Jesus is that person and a prophet is isn't isn't it somebody who speaks uh, of God from God and they communicate the truth and Jesus was viewed in this way he was um recognized that in the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6, it says, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. As the prophet, he not only speaks the word of God and communicates from God, but he, of course, is the word of God. Read John 1. He is the very word of God himself. The prophets of old spoke to inform and to teach. But Jesus does that, but he not only does that, he, he comes in order to, as the word of God, to transform and to fulfill the word of God and to be very wisdom itself to us. Um, well, we hear that and you think, oh, that sounds all very good and, and, and wonderful. But what does that actually um, mean for us? How does that help us in a in a moment of crisis as a, as a nation or a personal crisis? What, what is it significant for us as we speak into this world? Well, again, let's first ask the question, uh, why do we need a prophet? Why do we need a prophet? Well, I suppose we need a prophet. And then in this, there's an Im- and in what Peter says here, there's an implicit um, judgment that comes. You see, by, because by nature... 
Because by nature, because of our sin and our rebellion, we are ignorant of God. It's there. Do you see it in verse 17? I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. Ignorant of God. We don't know God by nature uh, or what he's like. Um, And so we need Jesus uh, uh, to come and to speak into our ignorance, to come uh, and open our deaf ears and open our blind eyes. It is Jesus that has to do that. And I suppose that's a really simple uh, thing. We may have heard that thing many times, but we must not overlook it, that it is Jesus that that opens blind eyes. Um, 1 Corinthians um, one thirty says that it's Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom from God. It is in him that we need to hear because he has wisdom to save us, to make us wise to salvation. No one else can do that. No matter how clever or not we are, um, only Jesus can do that. Um, and you know, um, in some of the conversations I've had with people who've become Christians, and in, in some ways, like Chloe um, shared with us a, a moment ago, there's often a moment of realisation, a moment of eyes going on, of the light bulb moment. Sometimes it's a gradual moment, but sometimes it is that, just that switching on. And, and it's only that Jesus can do that. In another way, to perhaps to describe this, is, is sometimes we say that we're in the dark, don't we? We use that phrase, we know it, to be in the dark. Uh, and of course, there are things about the dark um, that you realise, that we've all realised. You can't see beauty, can you, in the dark? And, and Jesus is, of course, is a thing of beauty, isn't it? He's, isn't he? Um, but we know um, if we're in the dark, we don't see beauty. So if we are perhaps in the Say, for example, we were in Greenwich Park and we're going to look at the, the roses. In the dark, you can't see how beautiful they are. You can't see their colours. You can't see um, anything about how beautiful they are. Or if you are um, perhaps visiting a great piece of art, if it's dark, you just can't see the colours and the, and the wonderfulness of it and the beauty of it. Um, everything just seems a kind of shade of grey, a kind of blur you can't really make out but as soon as somebody switches the lights on you see just how beautiful it is and that's a bit like with Jesus when when people don't have their eyes open to see Jesus you don't see how beautiful he is and so it has to you have to have your eyes open to see just how beautiful and wonderful Jesus is and that's why Peter says I know that you acted in ignorance um you were in the dark and and when you did all those those horrible things to, to the Messiah, you just didn't know what you were doing. Um, all those evil, th- evil things. Um, unlike physical darkness, which scares us uh, and makes us tremble with fear, the thing about spiritual darkness is that quite often we don't really notice that it's, it's there. We don't know it's happening to us. And that's why it's so important, really important that we get this understanding. It's Jesus who's, who, who is the one who speaks. And we speak, but it's him who speaks through us. Um, so Jesus precisely, as the prophet, is the one who speaks and turns on the lights 
And he does that all the way through scripture, doesn't he? If you just think of some of the stories that when he speaks to Zacchaeus, suddenly Zacchaeus has his life changed. Um, When the woman at the well has her life turned upside down and she sees who Jesus is. Uh, um, uh, or whether it's the, the, the lame beggar in the passage that uh, comes just before this that gives Peter's response. They have their lives changed because they see. It's like having a new sense, and that can only come from Christ. As Luke 24 says, Then he, Jesus, opened their minds, the disciples, so they could understand the Scriptures. You see, we all need to ask Jesus to open our minds. I hope we're doing that. As we read scripture, that's what we're doing at the beginning of a sermon, isn't it? We're asking God to open our eyes to see what he has to say. And and whether that's the first time or the hundredth time, um, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the prophet, to impact our lives and turn the lights on for us. So as we think about speaking out, it's just really important that we understand that Jesus is our prophet. Jesus is our prophet who comes to speak. It's really important that we we remember that as we go out um, into the world to speak. It's actually, it's him that is speaking through us. So the prophetic office of Christ has a kind of major significance for our ongoing evangelism as we seek to speak out. Now let me very briefly give you uh, as all preachers love, alliterations of three C's, and then I've got three R's for you as well, just to throw that in. Aren't you, aren't you fortunate tonight? How long is that going to take? Don't worry, it won't take too long. Uh, three C's, and the first is, this passage speaks about how we need to have confidence, but confidence in Jesus. Because we don't often have confidence, but we can have confidence in Jesus. Not ourselves, not in the church or in a set way of certain doing certain things in a certain way or speaking in a certain way. Verse 12, look at that. Peter knew that. When Peter saw this, he said, he saw, saw the crowd coming. He said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? You see, he doesn't have confidence in himself, but he has confidence in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and now uh, uh, was made strong. It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has healed him. So we need confidence in Jesus. We need to look up and look for opportunities um, that are there before us. And that's what Peter and John did when they went to pray at the temple. Verse 4, Peter, we didn't have this read, but verse 4, Peter and John looked straight at the beggar and healed him and they looked up and saw him and saw the opportunity around them to speak about Jesus. And so often I think, you know, we go about, don't we, a little bit like looking just down and not looking up and seeing Things I do that all the time, looking around and seeing the opportunities around us. Um, yes, we may not be the apostles, but we need to have confidence in the saving work of Jesus, that he will, 
he will push us forward to see the everyday opportunities that he gives us and the cries of help that come our way and to seize the moments, what's that carpe diem, seize the moments, the opportunity. Um, We may not have opportunities like huge crowds, but we will have um, people around us. There'll be people who may even call out to us and interrupt our day, God-given. And as I was thinking about, and as I was actually writing, started to write this sermon, something, I heard a a cry, because you know my office is just up here, up a a spiral um, staircase just over here in the corner. And I sat down to, to, to write this sermon, and I heard this cry outside of the window for help. Um, and my instant reaction was to just ignore it. That's terrible, isn't it? You think the vicar would be much better than that. <laughs> but I, you know, we're all like that. I'm too busy. I've got to write this sermon. And I'm writing about seizing the moment. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I, I didn't. Uh, carry on. I opened the window and it, I heard this voice saying, uh, help me, I need help. Somebody please come and help me. And I went down, crossed the road, and this lady had fallen out of her window and fallen into the, the, the area below her window and was just lying there. And um, it just reminded me that, that God does give us these opportunities <laughs> right in front of us. And sometimes we're just, no, I'm too busy. I'm not going to look up. I'm going to ignore it. God does act like that. And we are to seize those opportunities. It might not give you that kind of opportunity, but I had an opportunity there then to, to help her, to show kindness, but also to speak to her about Jesus. And um, we need to look up. And Peter and John did that, didn't they? They didn't just say, I'm going to go to the temple and pray and not look around. They looked up as they were prompted. They seized the moment, and they had confidence to do that, confidence in um, the Lord Jesus. The second thing um, that the passage talks about is that we need to have courage. It's kind of linked to confidence, but it's, it's slightly different, isn't it? We need courage. If you think about it, it must have taken great courage for Peter to stand up and speak of Jesus as he did um, to onlookers and to the religious leaders. Um, You can imagine here in verse verse 11, it says, all the people are astonished and they come running to them. You can imagine they've just done this thing and then loads of people start coming towards him and they must have had great courage to deal with this. And it it reminded me of of something that happened to me when I was a teenager and and I tried to witness to a friend in the library at school, and I was chatting away to him. I was only about 16 at the time, and chatting to them about my faith. And then another friend overheard that conversation and came, and then another friend came, and then another friend, and then there was a whole load of people around our table discussing this. And, of course, we got told off by the uh, librarian and had to disperse. Um, But courage only starts with that one conversation, doesn't it? It starts with that initial conversation with somebody. Um, It can be intimidating to stand out for Jesus. We know that. Because we actually discover and we know that the message um, of the gospel, the message of Jesus, 
it, it, it runs counter to the prevailing worldview, doesn't it? I can give you one example of that. Acts 4, 12, in just a few verses from where we, we sit here, says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Notice the no one, no one else but Jesus can save you. Um, that means all that, you know, the reality of that is all other religions and ideologies are wrong, aren't they? And that's going to fly in the face of the world we live in. All contemporary philosophies, all um, deconstructionist ideology, all critical theory, whatever it might be, that claims to give a cohesive worldview uh, are wrong according to what the Bible says, isn't it? So we know it's not going to be easy because salvation is found in no one else than Jesus Christ. So we get need confidence, but we need courage. And that's why we need prayer, isn't it? Um, we're, we're doing the visiting. Uh, we're, we're going to be starting the visiting in July and going out and around. But there's also people going out beforehand to pray around the parish. You hopefully saw that in the notices. Because we need to go in God's strength. Jesus said, I will be with you. I will send the counsellor to be with you and the Holy Spirit um, to be with us in those moments where we will need courage. So we need confidence and courage. And finally, we need compassion. Because um, saying there is no other way to God except through Jesus could sound really like, you know, we're out to... To, to beat other people down or something. But, and that's why we need to do it with compassion, is it? Because we're not about that at all. We need to do it showing compassion. That's the third C. Um, as Peter and John did, they were very straight, weren't they, about speaking the gospel. But they helped the man. They showed kindness. And they showed kindness to the, the listeners because they didn't want them to be cut off from God. It's interesting, Isaiah speak, speaking of the suffering servant, Jesus, said in Isaiah 42, he said, He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. And kind of what he's saying there is that Jesus didn't have a kind of big brass band out in front of him saying, Boom, 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 bish, bash, bosh, I'm coming uh, with a big army. Jesus came, of course, what did he come on? A donkey into the city of Jerusalem. He came with meekness and gentleness. He came with truth, but it was with humility. He came with firmness, but it was with gentleness at the same time. He came, uh, as Matthew 9.36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And so we need to have compassion. Speaking the good news of Jesus to our friends, neighbours and colleagues requires us to be compassionate in it in our tone, not to get angry or defensive. And therefore... In that compassion, here's your three R's to remember, um, if you like these things, these alliterations. Um, one is that we need to remember 
Show compassion because we remember who we once were. Remember what we are like without Jesus. If you think about what we were like, we too were ignorant. We too were disobedient. We too were slaves to sin. Remember that we are tempted to stray and we do all the time fall into those things. Remember that we're sinners saved by the grace of God and we're no different from anybody else. That's compassion. Show that compassion. Show, so we remember what we are, were without Christ, but we also show respect when we're speaking with compassion. Respect those whom we're witnessing and speaking to. Listen to them. We need to listen, don't we? Often before we can speak. Listen to their hopes and their fears, their longings and their dreams and what makes them tick and and get to know them and speak honestly and kindly as a fellow human being about your hopes and your struggles. So we respect and then the third R is relentless. I think we need to be relentless in the way that we we introduce people to Jesus because we can get so sidetracked onto other issues that we forget to talk about Jesus. Um, I think about being relentless um, and speaking about Jesus when I think about um, the men who tore off the roof to get the crippled man down into the room to speak Jesus. They were relentless, weren't they? You know that story, Mark 2. They were relentless in about... We've got, to get, we've got to do everything we can to get to, to meet Jesus. Because that's the one who can ultimately fix their situation. Because we all ha- meet, all the people, or everyone has problems. It can be this, it can be that, it can be this person or this work situation. My main problem is this or that. And Jesus understands our problems and our difficulties He understood the nature of the cripple's um, problem. But Jesus showed him, as he needs to show us, that our our real deep need is the forgiveness of sins. And that's what we want to be drawing people to and speaking of, that that forgiveness of sins is found in somebody. It is found in Jesus Christ, and it's found in him alone. And you can know forgiveness. And you can be forgiven, and you can be restored and deeply loved. So confidence, courage, compassion to speak, and that compassion, we need to remember what we were without Christ, be respectful to others, listen to them, uh, speaking on their level, but yet being relentless in the knowledge that the answer to the riddles of of life, whether it's the riddles about what's happening in, in Europe or, or, or the situations around us, they are actually ultimately find their answer in Jesus Christ who can forgive our sins. Only in him is there a fresh start and a whole new future. So Jesus Christ is the one, he's the, the prophet who came to speak, to open the eyes of the blind Let's have confidence in him, courage and compassion to be like him. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what we see here of of Peter and John.
as they speak of your, as they witness to you, that they had confidence in Jesus, that they were, were uh, courageous because they knew you were with them and that they were compassionate. May we um, be that, we pray. And may we trust in you and your son, Jesus, who is the, ultimately the one who speaks, who opens the eyes of the blind. Um, Father, we know, we, we know that it's not always easy. And we find this hard. But we pray that you would help us to see just how urgent the, the need is, that we may share the good news of Jesus with others. In his name we pray. Amen.